Yes, yes, people, hello, I'm on my blogging-ish. So, being better is, is obviously being better, and it's, it has certain things we're going to talk about, and it has certain topics in a certain way, and certain structures, but I also want to just take you through what I'm doing, like you're going to see with my M&A videos, right? To just see what I'm up to, how I'm doing it, why I'm doing it, what this means for me, what this means for the business, and also just to take you through some different bits of stuff. So I'm holding the camera, which is actually quite heavy. So I'm gonna keep switching hands as I'm doing this. But I'm showing you through the house. I'm not actually showing you through, but I'm gonna tell you all of the fun things that went wrong and went right with my house refurb. Now you've been following the videos where we've been showing you the progress, where you've been, you know, walking through, seeing my office, which is now pink and green. And you have had a good chance of kind of understanding week by week, month by month, what it looks like to do a refurb. So let's talk house refurb. Now, one of the most stressful things about doing your own home as a refurb is the fact that, and this is a fortunate thing and an unfortunate thing, but the fact that you care. But when you're doing a refurb for a property, you do care. You want it to be nice. You want the finish to be good. You want the quality. There's a lot of stuff that you need and you want. However, you will compromise. You know, builder says, oh, we can't actually do this. You say, okay, that's fine. You know, what, what's the other option? What can we do instead? When it's your own house, you're kind of like, no, 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 no. I don't want to know the other option. I want to know how we're going to make this one work. And of course, sometimes that doesn't happen, but you're less likely to compromise, which causes issues, which takes longer, which costs more. So if you've done a refurb before, you're thinking, oh, it'll be straightforward, it'll be the... You need to just think that this is your own home. So you shouldn't have to compromise. Obviously, a lot of us are going to have to because of budget. It's, it's hard enough buying a house in the UK full stop as an investment, let alone as your own property, which is usually going to cost more and need you to have a good salary, whereas investment properties don't so much. So I appreciate, you know, we're going to have to compromise sometimes, but there's certain things that you are not going to want to compromise on because you're living here, right? And that you are not going to accept having some reduction or having some change on. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you really need to have a contingency for the first reason, but also because you're going to do things, see them and say, yeah, on paper that sounded all right, but now I've seen it. Now I'm going to live with it. Now there's a functional element and I can see the function and experience it. I'm not happy with that. Let's change that. Or you think, yeah, I was going for that sort of sink, but now I want a real stone sink from Lusso, which I got. Oh, okay, let's spend more. You know, it's, it's you're a lot more free with it, you know, versus like an investment property. So you really need to have continuities in time and in money. Now look, you know, you've seen the YouTube videos, we didn't have a roof, you know, a ceiling missing. I was like Rick Ross and, you know, whatever in the back of the Maybach with no ceiling, you know, convertible Maybach, that's pretty cool though. This was not cool, it was freezing, okay? Yeah, and uh, nothing could get done and it cost, I don't know, probably one and a half grand more, probably probably two grand more, a bit more when you sort of factor in the labor costs and the extra time, you know, to kind of move in. Also our kitchen supplier, total head, um, up the kitchen on the day of delivery of 4 p.m. Claims he's a victim of his own incompetence. That cost a lot because the new kitchen cost more because of inflation and because every year suppliers put their prices up. And my time, my hours to find a new kitchen that's of a lower quality, you know, things like this. I mean, you don't expect that, right? Like you don't expect to buy nails and then they give you screws, you know, or like to get some MDF and they give you OSB, you know, like, no, no, no. expect what you pay for, right? But some people just a business and, and that's life and you have to you can't really pay for that but it's nice to have some buffers and some safety and some margin in, in kind of everything you're doing right so that was another thing you know you have to have these contingencies and and i want to say it may not be possible for everyone because of the budgets and that's fine but you're going to have a contingency in some shape or form if you you know if you can't afford for xyz to go in but you need it or you want it or 
you know, the weather's affected it, then you better go on YouTube and DIY it because that is going to be your, your sacrifice. That's going to be the contingency is your time, right? Which could be worth a lot more than the builder's time and it's probably better you don't do it, but sometimes physically the cash is not there. Another thing that's really stressful is just managing builders. You know, I've spoken about this endlessly on my channel, but managing builders, especially when every decision matters, is really, really hard. So honestly, be prepared, especially if you're doing this alone without the help of a partner in the refurb, is just be prepared to kind of have decision fatigue, you know? And sometimes they come thick and fast and you're like, oh, I can't make this decision now but you have to. So, you know, just be aware that in certain situations and certain times, you are going to be fatigued. You are going to, you know, have a lot of decisions to make, a lot of things you need to do or talk about or agree on, but you're just not going to have the capacity to do it, but you have to do it. So what do you do then? I think in these situations, it's important to take breaks, to take rest from it. You know, these decisions are really important, but you know, when you can, and again, very hard to do, don't just be all in, in the house reefer. Now I had to do that because I suppose I'm saying don't do this, but it's so hard not to do this in real life, in reality. But I just want to prepare you for the, sort of the way in which decisions are going to come and how many there's going to be and how the smallest decision about one little thing actually will have a really big impact on the functionality or design of the house. Now, I can see this a lot easier. I can deal with it easier because you know, I've been a property developer, but I still am. But if you've never done it before, you know, you really, really need to realize that. But another thing, you know, again, especially if you haven't done a reefer before, is you need to plan. Where are all the sockets going, you know? In your room, in your office, where do you think the shelving unit could go? Look online at some options, get some measurements. Where's your fish tank cupboard gonna go? Okay, I've got lots of books and that. What, like, where could I store these? I need that accessible, but kind of hidden. Okay, well, can we build anything then? Okay, it's gonna be some furniture. Does it fit under the desk? You know, I can't get any drawers under this desk. I don't know why actually, because it's taller than an average desk, but the truth didn't fit underneath it. Weird. But thinking about things like this, like this, this one you're sitting on, or what you would have seen is a, is a bay window. Desk made out of quartz, made from the kitchen worktop. For all of these things I was thinking about beforehand, and we've got some waste from there. Where could we use that? You know, we made a little table from it. I don't know, for some other bit. You know, it's a window sills made from it. Like thinking things like that, where are sockets going? You know, where are radiators going? Because you don't want them going somewhere that you're going to put something in front of, or somewhere where maybe they're not going to get the best circulation in the room. I just got to think about symmetry. Where are you putting the radiators? What height are they? You know, what, what skirting boards are you using? How do you want certain things finished you know and of course some of these you think as you go along that pain you don't have to think about until you're you know a few weeks away from that necessarily but there's a lot that needs to go into this and also sometimes you know you want spotlights in that ceiling okay that's a we got some really low joists because it just doesn't and we can't get spotlights so what are we doing are you lowering the ceiling okay well your plaster or your chippy needs to know that to do that and you insulate in the walls okay well we need to get insulating plasterboard which can take longer you know to, we need to get rock wall as insulating you insulate a lot you know, there's so many things that have to be thought about and a lot of this should come from functionality. And because of that, I think it can be really overwhelming, especially at the start when you make these plans. And then as you go along, you're like, oh, right, okay, so the plans have changed or we can't do that anymore, so we have to do this. And then sometimes it's a bit late when you see it and you're like, oh, no, that, that is why I planned, but it doesn't work in real life. And this is where obviously lack of experience comes in and these things happen, you know, they're more likely to happen. But having that plan is so, so important. There can also be no argument. You give your builders a schedule of work, you give them everything at once, you know, it's, it's there, refer to it, use it, print it out, have it on site, have the, the floor plan, the maps on site. Our structural engineer, an idiot. Always get them to visit, right? That was my mistake. He overspecked everything. We've got an Empire State Building size 
girder in there. He thought a steel could end on a window and he tried to like not take the blame for it. And you know me, I was like, mm, listen up, mate. Think for a second before you before you do that. You know, it's like hell, man. Moron, you know, no, nothing. We had to come up with a solution. So yeah, I wouldn't use him at all. So if you're an Alpha Chain, you're looking at one, DM me and I'll tell you who not to use. Things like that, when you're like, oh, now we're going to have a box in the bedroom. Okay, well, are we lowering all the ceilings or we keep... It's going to be things that come up that are off-piste and off-plan because it's a building. The last tip I'm going to give you is, and it's all a semi-tip here. With that plan, with that contingency, with all this stuff we're aiming and hoping to do, you've got to remember, right, until you strip the house back, and this is already stripped, until you reveal the joists, until you reveal the structural walls, until you see the real makeup of it, which, you know, you, yeah, you can draw some test holes and stuff like that, but really you need to get it stripped back. And to see the quality of the plaster, if it's staying, if you're skimming blue gray on it, if you're having to board it, only then does the budget really reveal itself. Because only then do you know, oh, sh you know, I was hoping when we bought it, we could just skim over that. But looking at it now, not happening. And that adds an extra 400 quid. And you're like, oh, well, you know, with the direction of joist, okay, that makes cutting the new stairs out even harder. Damn it. You know, like there's all these things that you're just not going to discover. Like I said to my wife when we we're doing it, look, here's the budget. But once me and dad have stripped it, right? Me and dad stripped it. Only then, only then are we going to know, you know, really what the budget's going to look like. And this is why it's important to walk around with a builder at that stage, because they may say before, and yeah, it'll cost this much. If you've got to do this, I've got by this much, go ahead. But when they see it fully naked, they can say, okay, well, I can run the soil pipe there, connect it there, standard price, or, mm, okay, well, where's the boiler going to go? You know, like, our boiler's up top. That was a, you know, we had one other place, we had two places we could put it, you know? So there's things like this, which at different stages, you're making all these decisions, which can be so fatiguing. So those are my tips, people. I don't, I'm trying to give you some tips here that are, like, non-standard, right? That are not your, do these three things before you reverb else. No, I'm trying to give you stuff that's, like, a bit extra, a bit spice around the usual stuff which you can find all on YouTube. This is the stuff that many people don't talk about as much and is a little bit different and has a different effect on you and on the build than other stuff. But look, is it fun? Not really. Is it incredibly hard work physically and mentally? Yes, really, definitely. Should you not do a house refurb because you're scared? Maybe, that's on you. But, you know, the finished product is amazing. I love it. And we couldn't have created this with a sort of semi-refurb, like, oh, just do kitchen. You know, we couldn't have created this by buying something already. Now, look, I'm fussy, right? So a lot of people buy new builds and more than happy with them. A lot of people, and new builds are trash. A lot of people buy this and they're happy. It is really down to you. Don't just do a refurb because someone else is like, there needs to be a reason for it. But hard work, hard work.